Welcome all sports fans, everyone across the nation. I don't care if you're listening in your vehicles, if you're listening on your way to work, if you come back from work, I just appreciate all the love. This is Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Clayton. This has got to be episode number, I don't even know, like 40-something of the podcast. So the podcast is making a lot of noise. I want to thank those who've been a part of it, man. Uh, Uneducated Sports Talk. You can check it out on iTunes, check it out on Spotify, hear it on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I also got my Facebook Live family in here right now, so I got guys, if you hear me talking to some random people, well, it's my Facebook Live uh, going on. So once again, thank y'all for the love and support. This is Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast. Check out my YouTube channel. Uh, I try to do it at least once a day, uh, besides Thursdays. Uh, I try to, I try to. But, uh, no, please like and subscribe to Uneducated Sports Talk on YouTube as well uh, to get all the content when you click that notification bell. So, that being said, thank you all once again, man. We got a lot of NBA talk to go to go around. The playoffs have started. And the first time ever, 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 first time ever we've had a, a, a bubble where the playoffs were determined in this one area. There's no home court advantage for the first time since, I think, like 1956. We had a play-in game as well. Um, I'm going to break all that down in just a second. But let's just take the time out to just enjoy the fact that sports are actually here and sports are actually doing uh, its job and it's to entertain us and to keep our minds uh, uh, focused on positive things, not the negative things in life. Uh, So I just thank God for for basketball being here for – you know, baseball, hockey playoffs is going on right now. I know no one actually watches it but me, but uh, I'm, I'm on it, man. So, uh, yo, Kevin Harrington, what's up, baby? The union is in the building. The union is in the building. My boy Marcus is in the building as well. What's happening, y'all? For those who don't know, I'm on Facebook Live, so I will chit-chat with my family for just a second. But, you know, it's all love around here. I just want to thank those who are in support, man. Uh, but thank you for the ones who got sports going on again, for people like me to actually break it down, man. But the main thing, the main event of the evening is obviously NBA playoffs, man. It all started off with the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the winner goes in. The Blazers had to win once. Grizzlies had to win twice to get in. The uh, eight seed. We got a great matchup, man. It was a great matchup, man, from uh from the Grizzlies versus the uh, Trailblazers, and it was everything that we needed. One twenty six to one twenty two, very close. Dame Dolly hit some big threes. CJ McCollum put John Morant on skates, but John Morant had a coming out party too for you. You might as well call that a playoff game. Um, if we expect that from him in that intense moment, I think he hit thirty five points, I believe. Um, we expect greatness from John Morant over the next couple years, and he solidified his rookie of the year. You know, I thought it was never in doubt, honestly. Uh, so, that being said, the Portland Trailblazers advanced out of that play-in game to face the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, that first, the first, that Monday, the first games, I already knew right then and there, oh, something's different about this bubble. It's just different. When we saw... The first game, the Nuggets versus the Jazz, and it went into overtime. And we had Donovan Mitchell have a, a, a playoff best 57 points, um, which is the third most points in NBA playoff history next to Elgin Baylor and the great Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, we were we knew that this would be a somewhat different type 
of atmosphere, a different type of play because there's no home court advantage. I've been stressing out since it started. Everyone says, well, the better team should win. Here's my, my thought process on that. This is the NBA, the National Basketball Association, where there's about 15 players, 13 to 15 players per team. These are the best guys in the nation. And the only way you can kind of, uh, you know, put, go between these guys is home court advantage. Home court makes a big difference. If there's no home court, it's just five on five. There's no pressure. So now, that's why you're seeing guys like the TJ Warrens who stepped up. You saw the Phoenix Suns go 8-0 in the bubble. Um, you saw things like that. You saw surprises. Uh, you saw guys just not missing shots. And everyone's wondering, why, why is the offense clicking so much? Like in all these bubble games, why is the offense clicking so much? I mean, scores are 120 to 125. I mean, like that. And here's the reason why. There's no pressure on any of the role players. So guys who you assume wouldn't step up in regular season games with 19,000 to 20,000 people screaming at you, these guys don't have that pressure anymore. There's a lot of times where role players won't take that shot that they're taking in this bubble. They won't have confidence to take that shot or confidence to make that play or confidence to go for that steal or confidence to go, uh, uh, you know, and, and shoot that ball from 33 feet. You know, those guys wouldn't do that in a regular environment where there's a big crowd either cheering for you who will get mad if you shoot that shot or a crowd that's booing you and who'll be happy if you shoot that shot. You know, it's not that pressure anymore. And that's huge. So now you take that advantage. That's why it's called home court advantage. You take that advantage away. It's basically just the best NBA players in the league playing against each other. The best the best in the world. And although I felt like guys like LeBron and guys like Kawhi and guys like Giannis, those guys would come down a little bit because they're showmanship people. They're showmanship. They, they want to perform for the people. These guys haven't played in an AAU environment unless it was practice. Practice. My AI sense is coming in. They're tingling. Practice. That's the only time when we played where there's really nobody in there. For LeBron, since he was like five years old, has been playing in front of a crowd. He's been playing in front of a big crowd all of his life, pretty much. And now you take that element away, that showmanship. I want to perform for the fans. I, I want to get hyped over the fans. I love it when I get to shush some fans. I love it when the arena is quiet because of me. Now the arena is quiet because of COVID. <laughs> you know, COVID made the arena quiet. You didn't do that. So that element... It's gone for those high-profile players. That's why things aren't looking as great for those high-profile players. But when you got guys like, I'm going to say it again, TJ Warren, uh, you got guys like, uh, uh, although I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a great NBA player, but he stepped up in the bubble, and he's making some big plays in this playoffs already. That element, now you have, like, stars who aren't superstars. Well, in, in most people's books, like Damian Lillard. Now, all of a sudden, his name comes up. His name is being out there. Like, oh, you, are you just now realizing that Damian Lillard is that good? Oh, we had to have a bubble for you to realize a guy like him is that good. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense. Now, all of a sudden, he's in this bubble and he's getting all this airwave, all this airtime, all this free publicity, which he should have been getting because everyone knows it's game time. But we would have never got that if it wasn't for this bubble scenario. So guys that are stars like Donovan Mitchell, uh, uh, like uh, uh, like Damon, those guys now are really going to show how good they are because we didn't get Utah Jazz games all the time. Let's just be honest. For that West Coast game, you didn't see the Jazz play. 
Well, jazz aren't really West Coast, but you, but you know what I'm saying. You didn't get that Utah jazz versus somebody on TNT or ESPN. We didn't get that. Now we are solely seeing Donovan uh, Donovan Mitchell. We're solely seeing Michael Porter Jr. We're solely seeing Luka Doncic. You know what I'm saying? Even guys like Luke, he's been slept on for the last two years. Guys like me were saying this kid is going to be the next best thing. I'm talking about Luka Doncic and and Trey Young, but Trey Young isn't in the bubble. So I'm saying these guys are actually that damn good. We just didn't get enough of them in the regular season to realize that. So we had to condense them in this bubble. And now these stars who are eventually going to be superstars, they're actually showing who they really are. And I just rhymed, so that was dope. Anyways, uh, but that is what I enjoyed for this bubble because now there's no more home court advantage. It's basically me and my four guys versus you and your four guys. Let's get it on. Because you can put all the pipe crowd noise you want to. You can put all the colors for the teams for the home court. That doesn't make a difference to these guys. At the end of the day, it is just five-on-five basketball. I don't have to worry about not making that shot or going up for this layup in front of this seven-foot dude and maybe the crowd loves it or hate it. I don't have to worry about that now. We are playing a game that we love to play, which is basketball. And now that, that, that noise, that outside noise, it's not there anymore to bother us, to bug us. So, uh, I'm happy about that, man. Tobias, how you doing, brother? What's happening? Ian, what's up, man? I appreciate him. Check some of the comments down there. My bad. Uh, yeah, that crowd makes a huge difference. It really does, man. It really does. Yes, sir. My boy Mark is bringing the knowledge in. My boy, the union, bringing the knowledge as well. But for real, though, the crowd is a huge advantage. And no one really thought to think about that. They had to actually see it for themselves. Well, let's see how this plays out because at the end it's going to be the Lakers versus the Bucks, anyways because they have the better talent. No. All these teams have talent. All of these teams have talent. But it's the way you, you are fueled. If you're fueled, when you're a great, when, when, when you're one of the best like LeBron and, and Kawhi and Giannis, you get fuel from that, that crowd. Now you got to find a way to fuel yourself, especially if you're with LeBron in year number 17. You gotta find a way to fuel yourself and to fuel your teammates, cause now it's not about that crowd. If if the Lakers were in Staples Center playing against the uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers in that game one, the Lakers win that game and they win sort of comfortable, probably about nine or ten points. No, you don't have that advantage anymore. When the Lakers went up eighty-four to seventy-eight against the Blazers, the whole crowd in Staples Center would have been going nuts after that Kyle Kuzma layup, just going crazy. There'd been added pressure to Damian Lillard's back, CJ McCollum, added pressure. But when Kyle Kuzma hit that layup to go 84-78, all you heard was the Lakers bench guys going, yeah, yeah. That doesn't bother me at all. You're going to say, yeah, because whatever. What bothers me is the 20,000 people in the, in the stadium, the arena, going crazy. That would kind of bother me. Now they're hyped up, and now I'm like, oh, man, I got to find a way to shut them up. And it's that extra adrenaline. That's not there anymore. You got to do it for yourself now. You got to find that extra oomph. To get you going. And that is what I love about these playoffs here. We might see this honestly even next year. It might go on the next it might even go on to 2022, depending on how this virus continues to spread across the United States. We don't know yet. But we might be having to enjoy this bubble for a few years. And guys have got to get acclimated to this bubble and gotta get acclimated fast. So that being said, let, let's break down the first couple of games. We had the uh, Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets go into uh overtime, uh, and the uh Nuggets went at 135 to 125, and you had uh, you had Donald Mitchell go for 57 points. You had um, Murray go for 36. And you had uh, 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 
Nikolai go for 29. So those guys there, they put on the show. And from that point, I said, yeah, this is going to be a different type of playoff atmosphere because guys were hitting buckets that they really wouldn't hit in a crowd. Just being honest. Um, then we had the, uh, the Raptors beat the Nets. And the Raptors had a 33-point lead. And the Nets came back, you know, and brought it down to eight points. And I was like, yo, well, all right, 33 points is, is a lot. But to get that up to go you know, on a 25-something run to, to, get, uh, to get down eight points, I thought to myself, this is going to be a different type of playoffs. Regardless, all of these teams are going to have their chances to win. Um, and then, of course, when we had um, – we seen what other games? Oh yeah, the Clippers and the Mavericks. When the, the Mavericks lost KP, which I thought was atrocious in my opinion, but it is what it is, and I don't think KP deserved to be uh, so basically ejected from the game. I didn't like that, but I really thought the Mavericks would have won that game with Porzingis because we saw in Game Two the Mavericks won with Porzingis and won pretty much comfortably. So I'm imagining, man, they could have easily been up 2-0 against the number two seed, the Clippers, right? And then maybe, all right, so we see that. But what I, what I really, really thought, okay, this is definitely different, is how we saw the bubble, those, those eight seeding games. And for a lot of these teams, they didn't take it seriously. The Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers. You just can't turn it on after four months. Because let's be honest, this isn't really a continuation of the the same season. It's not. We're really actually playing in 2020, 2021 season. Where now Luka Doncic is a third-year player. Now these guys got an extra year under their belt. That four-month layoff was huge. Going into it. Lakers and the Bucks. Before the hiatus, it was Lakers and the Bucks, and the Lakers were looking great. And I still have my money on the Clippers, though. I said Clippers and the Bucks to the finals, but but still, like four months are gone now. So we can't just act like what we saw at the end of the season before COVID you know, hit up. We can't we can't bring it into this bubble. You can't. Guys are really off for four months, and a lot of these guys weren't taking it serious. Uh, Chris Middleton. Said for those four months, he barely picked up a basketball. I'm like, dude, when you got guys like Luka Dunk, when you got guys like uh, Jokic and, and Marcus Saul, like really losing weight because they know that we're going to take advantage of this time, Chris Middleton was like, I'm just going to sit back and relax because I got this free money. You know, it is what it is. You saw Damon Litter, he was in there in the hiatus. He said he had his own private gym, him and his uh, trainer, and they went at it for four months. Kept his mind sharp. You can tell that the Milwaukee Bucks, that first game against the Magic, that really let me know, oh yeah, this is for sure. This is for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be a, a different playoffs. Let the games begin. Not only did we get one upset of the 1-8 seed, we got two upsets. Because Orlando went in there and smacked the Magic, I mean, uh, smacked the Bucks basically from the start to finish. And... If you would have said, well, what's the odds of that? Well, I got to be honest with you. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And before you say, well, Giannis and Chris Middleton were out for that second half, in that first half where Chris Middleton and Giannis both played, they gave up 70 points to the Brooklyn Nets. 70 points. I don't care if you're faking it or not. That is atrocious. 
70 points in one half to a Brooklyn Nets team and then you eventually lose the game? No, 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 no. That lets me know you're not focused. The Los Angeles Lakers, dead last in three-point percentage, dead last in three-pointers made, uh, dead last in field goal percentage in the bubble. And you don't think that that's not going to carry over? This isn't the regular season where you have games among games among games. No, this is an eight-game regular season to get you back in shape because you missed four months. That's the reason why they played those games because you missed four months of basketball. We gave you three practice games, three scrimmages. We gave you eight regular season games, and a lot of these teams are not taken seriously, and we are seeing that on the court today. The Portland Trailblazers basically played nine straight playoff games, went seven and two. So they were in there from the jump. Let's get it. Let's get it. We ain't playing no games. The Phoenix Suns played eight straight playoff games. They said we had to go 8-0 to have a chance. They did that. Although they missed their opportunity, they did that. They took it seriously. The Lakers went, I think, 3-5 and five or 2-6. and six. The Bucks went 3-5. and five. The Clippers went 4-4 four and four or 5-3, and three, one of those. But all those games, they didn't take it seriously. None of them. And you can't just turn it on and turn it off like that in this type of scenario. This isn't the regular season where, where a regular regular season where you have games upon games. No, this is a different type of year. I don't, I don't include this being the 2019-20 season no more. This is the 2021 season where things are a little bit different. So now you have a brand new Luka Doncic. You have a brand new Damian Lillard. A brand new Donovan Mitchell. And they're all motivated. All motivated. So you got that type of style going on. And people have to actually watch out for this because... There could be a scenario that I think is really going to happen. I'm going to shock you guys in just a few uh, minutes. But we had the Magic on there. And Nikolai Vucevic, who, who might be the quietest star in the game. You don't know him because he plays in Orlando. Orlando doesn't get any screen time. I promise you that. And these guys came in without Aaron Gordon. Uh, without uh, uh, Michael Carter-Williams. Which isn't a really a big deal. But they came in there shorthanded against a Bucks team. Who pretty much has all their guys, including probably the top two or three guys in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And they get smacked. They got smacked from start to finish. Every time they came back to bring it in within five or six, the Magic go on like a 23 to 10 kind of run. You know, and that let me know right there, the Magic aren't scared because there's nothing to be scared of if they were playing in Milwaukee. You're playing in front of 19,000 people. When Giannis comes to that dunk, the crowd going crazy. And now you get a little bit nervous because, like, okay, that crowd just fell off of that. Giannis feeling himself now. The team is feeling themselves. No. When Giannis goes for one-hand slam, you got 10 guys on the bench saying, yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't know. Because guess what? This is AAU environment. We done been there, done that. A lot of these young kids have come. A lot of these guys, the ninth, 10th, 11th guy on the bench, those guys have been in AAU environments all their lives. You know, these young guys, they, they are fresh out of AAU boat. They know what it is. It doesn't bother them. Let's go. We're just playing basketball now. The biggest element is gone. The crowd is gone. And that makes the even the, the playing field so much more even. The Blazers bust their ass for nine straight games to get to this point. Game one, Lakers versus Blazers. Blazers come out hot, and we kind of knew that because how the Lakers had been kind of looking uh from the three-point line. 
When you got Danny Green bricking every everything, when you got a uh, Marquise Morris bricking everything, uh, when you got uh, uh, KCP bricking everything, but it's not a surprise because they've been bricking everything in the bubble. So you can't just turn on this because if this was the regular season and you kept playing games into the playoffs and you were kind of struggling, yeah, I would say you know what, you could switch it. LeBron can switch that. Uh, uh, he can switch it. Let's go. The team can switch it. Anthony Davis can switch it because now they, they've been playing. But when you get a four-month hiatus mixed in with COVID-19, mixed in with a bubble, mixed in with no crowd, you just can't switch it. After, uh, uh, after uh, Clippers yesterday, they thought, oh, we're up one nothing. We'll just continue doing what we're doing. No. When you got Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke and, 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 and uh, uh, Finney Smith, you know, Seth Curry, Bustin' three, these are role players who shouldn't be doing that kind of damage. But there's there's no crowd. So that's the reason why you got to realize this is much tighter than it, than, it, than you think. This is much closer than you think. We had the Lakers versus the Blazers. Game one, and the Blazers win that game. Off of some just incredible shots from Dame Little that down the stretch. Another logo shot he uh, did over Anthony Davis. They're up one nothing. Magic are up one nothing right now. The Magic and the Bucks are playing as we speak. I'm not watching that game right now, but I'm saying like things are going to look a little bit different, just a little bit different. And yes, I will say this: the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks should still win their series, although it's not looking good, you know, from the outside. But they, with that, that the first round talent should trump. I don't care what you have. Talent should eventually trump or e- eventually win. You know, it, talent should trump the less talented. So, although the Lakers did lose to the Blazers, and although the Magic beat the Bucks, and although the Clippers are tied 1 1 with the Mavericks, at the end of the day, it should, if for the first round, it should trump over less talented. But we don't know that. We don't know because this isn't a regular type of playoffs. Maybe talent doesn't really matter anymore. Because guess what? Everyone's talented in the NBA. You got there for a reason. Because you are talented. There's a little bit more talented and there's a little less talented. But at the end of the day, we're all still talented. And you never know. A lot of these big names, they kind of urge. They kind of need the crowd to be a part of them. They need the crowd to carry them. They need the crowd to make them feel that kind of rush or that high to be better. And now that aspect of the game is gone. So now you have... Portland, who was down by six with five minutes to go, come back and win the game because of threes from, hear me out, a quote-unquote washed Carmelo Anthony and a Gary Trent Jr., guy from Duke, a young kid, second-year player. Guys like him are hitting big shots. Gary Trent Jr. was the sixth man of the bubble. Remember that, the sixth man of the bubble. Oh, and yes, this team also has... uh, uh, um, Nurkic, who's back now, uh, Yusef, he is back. You got Zach Collins, who's back, who didn't play in game one. And as bad as the Blazers looked against the Lakers, they still won. And everyone's saying as bad as the Lakers looked on offense, they should be able to get back on track. But my thing is, they've been bad the whole entire bubble. They've been bad the whole bubble. You can't just turn it back on in this scenario. The Bucks. Look, I would not be shocked if the Magic win another game against the Bucks. They go up 2-0. I would not be shocked if the Blazers go up 2-0. Uh, but, but, 
that's the realization of realizing, boy, things are just a little bit different. They're just different now. And we have to come to that fact. And that's a great thing for the NBA because now you get high drama. Now you have stakes. Now you might get more game sevens, what the NBA really wants. The NBA wants to push this. They want every series to go to game seven. They want every series to go to game seven. Uh, and this might be that year where just about every series could go to a game seven. Or you might even get a few upsets because if the number one seeds are faltering, it's the number eight seeds. Well, just imagine the rest of the seeds right here. Um, so I don't know what to really tell people when they say, well, the Lakers and the Bucks and the Clippers. That's just a clear advantage to the NBA Finals. No, it's not. No, it is not. These teams are struggling because they did not take this bubble seriously. They didn't. I mean, of course, you, you don't want guys to get injured. And you had the fact that the, uh, the Bucks, Clippers, and Lakers kind of knew their seedings going in. We knew the Lakers and the Bucks were number one seed. The Clippers had to win a few games to, to retain the number two seed. We understood that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, did, did, talent isn't going to be enough anymore without that crowd. The crowd's advantage the reason why you strive to work the whole entire year to have home court advantage. That's why the Lakers were trying so hard because you want that game seven. You want that game five. You want, uh, you want that in your building. You want it in your building. And, you know, so you, you strive for that reason to have games in your building. And now you're having these games in everybody else's building, including yours, because you all live together, because you sleep together, you eat together, you drink together. You're in the same bubble as the 13th man on the Brooklyn Nets bench. I'm just being real. So, like, Things are different. There's no family members. There's no wife to love on. Um, you know, there, 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 there's no partying, having fun outside of, of a great you know, casino or club atmosphere. It's none of that. This is business-like. And these top guys aren't really used to that business-like approach. Uh, uh, they used to, you know, doing their thing and having fun and going clubbing. And then, no, let's do this now. All loosey-goosey. Now guys are really suit and tied and buttoned up. And things are just a little bit different. They're a little bit different. I'll tell you a team that who I'm really thinking is really good. That is the Miami Heat. That Heat Pacers, I know it's going to be a tough matchup because just they kind of they are kind of similar in edge, but I thought this might be call me crazy. This might be the Heat's toughest matchup. It might be. Because if the Heat go into the next round and play against the Milwaukee Bucks, or God forbid, the Orlando Magic, I think they're going to beat that squad. And I've been going in saying, man, before the hiatus, I was like, Bucks all day. Bucks in the East because they just look phenomenal. They're on a tear. They're playing great defense. Giannis was doing, Giannis the MVP, Chris Middleton, the All-Star. They're going in, going in and looking great. Then, of course, COVID hit. Things slow down a little bit. Then you come back into this bubble and there's no... 20,000 people screaming for you. These guys, they're good. They just don't look great anymore. My pick has got to change now. Newsflash, I'm going with my pick right now. I'm 27 minutes into this episode. And here is my pick for the NBA Finals. Call me crazy, but damn it, this might just be the craziest playoff we've ever seen. In the Western Conference, as of right now, and I could be crazy, I am going with the Houston Rockets. Yes, the Houston Rockets to make it out of the West. 
I just think, although Russ isn't playing, but the more the I, I had I had the Thunder winning uh, in in seven against the Rockets, so I'm allowed to change that pick because I had it in seven. I didn't say Thunder in five, Thunder in four. I said Thunder in seven. You know, and then then I saw them beat the Thunder without Russell Westbrook. And the more that this series goes on, if it is close, you know, uh, the more time Russell Westbrook has to work on his quad injury. And when he comes back, he they may be facing either or the Lakers or the Blazers. And wh- whoever it is, they will give both teams a hard time. I can see the Rockets going on and actually winning. Actually winning the West. Call me crazy, but the way this is playing out now, this seems like the right time for James Harden. The style of play. You see a lot more one-on-ones now uh, because it's AAU environment. It's like me against you. Let's go. What you got? And I'm looking at this like, excuse me, I think the Rockets can really make it if they continue to play because they have swarming defense, although they have no big man whatsoever. Tyson Chandler is their biggest guy, and he hasn't seen a lick of any minutes yet in this bubble. The biggest guy on the court for them is 6'7", Robert Covington. And they are scrambling and making you play their style of offense slash defense. They are making you say, well, the big man's got to score. The big man doesn't score in the NBA no more, not big man style. So these guys aren't, Steven Adams isn't used to putting up 15 to 20 shots a game. But now, the way the Rockets play, they're going to force Steven Adams in his mindset, well, I'm about five inches bigger than the next guy. I gotta dominate. Chris Paul's thinking like, let me just fit it down to the big man. And the Rockets are playing that smart up defense. They are making you overthink. So can you imagine them playing against Anthony Davis? And Anthony Davis is saying, well, I'm so used to being a three-point shooter for the Lakers. Now I gotta go inside and bang because I'm that guy. Well, can I mentally be prepared for that? And if if they somehow get past the Lakers, they're getting past the Clippers. I'm just call me crazy all you want, but I got the Houston Rockets. I, I am allowed to change my mind. I've been saying the Clippers all year in the West. I got the Rockets right now. I think if Russell Westbrook comes back and he is fully healthy, if they make this series go five or six, uh, um, and then you never know about the Lakers and the Blazers, what's going on with that, we have no idea. I'm still saying the Lakers are going to win that series in six. Uh, I've been saying that from the start, Lakers in six, but... You just you never know the Blazers could win that series easily, but I, I think the Blazers I mean the, the Lakers with their non shooting against the Rockets who are probably the best three point shooting team in the league when you talk about attempts and makes from the, from those guys they'll put a lot of pressure on LeBron and those guys to dominate to score so call me crazy I think the Houston Rockets right now are built for this type of environment to go and make it to the Western uh, make it to the uh, NBA Finals. And here is my Eastern Conference team. As I look through the Eastern Conference and you see Milwaukee up there, and you see, I see Milwaukee, and, and, and they, they just have problems scoring in the clutch times. Giannis, 15 feet and out, is just not a threat. And until he works on that mid-range game, until he can post somebody up and turn around and shoot over them with consistent ease, he is not going to win anything anytime soon. Chris Middleton has to go, has to go dumb. You Pat Covington has to make at least three threes a game. You know, Eric Blessel, are you really counting on Eric Blessel to hit a three uh, when you need it? Not really. 
that Milwaukee Bucks team, they, they we've, we've seen the antidote to beating these guys over the last couple years now. You just stack up the paint and you force Giannis, who's a turnover machine, to turn the ball over. <clears throat> so I had the Bucks all year. And this hiatus, I'm like, it's not looking right because guys aren't clicking, threes aren't going in, they're giving up big uh, uh, major points, they're not playing great defense. Who was that team that I'm seeing? And it was the bubble. The bubble. Those eight games that had me looking. I was like, you know what? The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat have it all. Great shooting. Great backcourt. Great front court with Bam Adebayo blocking shots and being big down there. Uh, um, veteran presence with Goran Dragic. And then you have uh, 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 Iggy as well. Those guys are looking good. Then you have the young guys and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, who can't miss a three to save his life. Uh, Tyler Hero, who's not playing like a rookie, but remember, he's not a rookie anymore. He's a second-year player. That four-month uh, hiatus, he's not a rookie anymore. He's a second-year player who's, who had to navigate his way through the NBA and find out how it was to be an NBA player. Jay Crowder, another veteran who's been balling. Of course, Jimmy Buckets, who's been balling. And they have the right attitude, the right amount of defensive fierceness, the right amount of three-point shooting, the right amount of aggressiveness, the right amount of star power, and the right product of environment. And I keep stressing out the environment. If this was the Miami Heat playing in, in the uh, NBA playoffs and there was an environment of a crowd, then yeah, they're not probably going to win. I'm, yeah, No, there's no environment. This team looks like they're playing the best. They, their ball movement is fine. Their defensive, ball, their defensive movement is great. Lateral east and west, they're looking good. They, they're, they're understanding each other. Kyle Olenek, guys like that are hitting wide open threes too. I mean, and their ball movement is special. I have the Miami Heat. Versus the Houston Rockets. That's my early, early predictions. Miami Heat versus the Houston Rockets in the NBA Finals. Call me crazy all you want. And that sounds crazy. And it even sounds crazy from my mouth because I thought I would never say that. I thought I wouldn't. But now I'm saying it. I can see it. I can see the Miami Heat playing against the Houston Rockets as we speak. I can see that being the NBA Finals. And I'll be absolutely fine with it. I will be fine with it because I'm looking at the Heat. And they're up 2-0 against the Pacers. If they can finish that series off and maybe finish off quickly to get some rest uh, to, you know, because now the Magic and the Bucks all of a sudden have a series going on. So, wow, I can see them beating this Bucks team. And then their next competition is either the Raptors, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the Raptors, and they don't really have a star guy there. They're great on defense. Raptors versus the Heat will be an excellent, an excellent NBA uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Boston Celtics, do they really have the toughness to face against the Heat? I'm not quite sure about that. They're up 2 nothing against the Sixers as well. We, uh, they are looking good. So teams are looking good. The Eastern Conference is looking good. Talk about the Celtics. Talking about the... Uh, the uh, Heat, those guys look at the Raptors. So that 2-3, and I think the Heat are 5. So that 2-3 and 5 are looking great. Looking great. And those are the three teams looking better than the 1, 4, 6, 7, and 8. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, 6 and 7, excuse me. So that's all I'm saying is 
this is going to be a different type of playoffs. So with that mentality, I'm going with a different type of NBA Finals. I'm going with the Heat versus the Rockets. I can, I can see that. It just doesn't feel right. This bubble doesn't feel right. But it's a great feeling. You ever had a feeling where you just don't feel right, but you know something's good going to happen out of that feeling? Like, I don't feel right, but I know at the end, this feeling is going to be a great feeling. And that in itself is a great feeling. Paran, what's up, baby? Appreciate it. Appreciate the love and all that. My partner's in the building. Mr. John Frank Sr. Uh, you know, he be uh, listening to my stuff, so I appreciate that, man. This Uneducated Sports Talk podcast, uh, sponsored by the Anchor app. Like I said, check me out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for all your, uh, every Thursday for your sports needs. Uh, we're just going in. This is why I just go in and I just talk basketball right now, or I talk the current major news right now. Uh, so a lot of things going on in this bubble. And I'm not I'm not surprised if you're just now coming into this show, ladies and gentlemen, I said the Miami Heat versus the Houston Rockets for the NBA Finals. And a finals match we've never seen before. So you put that into uh, you know, put that into context. The Heat uh haven't been since LeBron in uh 2014, and the Rockets haven't been since uh ninety-five, I believe. Their last NBA Finals with Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon uh, in, in that game. So, I'm trying to think, have the Rockets been since? I don't want to be dumb. No, the Rockets haven't been since. So, kind of a refreshing NBA Finals with a weird circumstances, a weird Finals matchup I thought would have been best to say that. So, I'm changing my pick from when I said the Clippers and the Bucks. Uh, I'm not going that route anymore. I'm, I'm actually going with the Heat versus... The uh, Houston Rockets, I can see that. Oh, speaking of a Heat fan, Courtney Thomas, what's up, baby girl? How you doing? She is a big Heat fan. She's a D-Wade fan. I knew that from back in the day. Uh, so, Courtney is just like, you know, a huge Heat fan. And listen to her, and I'm, I'm watching these games. And I'm like, man, she ain't lying. She not lying. This, this Miami Heat squad, they look good. They look good, and they look like they're together. Uh, their ball movement, their fluidity is just beautiful. So, I, I, I'm more I'm more on the Miami versus Houston bandwagon right now because it's a different scenario. There's no, it's a different playoff. So why not have a different matchup? Uh, and these teams seem like they're going to be clicking the best when it's all said and done. Although Portland is a great story, the Lakers are a great franchise. Giannis is a great story within himself. Uh, uh, although uh, the Raptors have a great story with them being the defending champions, but their main guy is gone. That's fine, but no one's talking about the Miami Heat. No one's really talking about the Rockets going to the finals. They're not, but these guys are just night in and night out in this bubble looking great. I saw the Rockets, and, and, and uh, I saw the Rockets and I saw the uh, Heat, even in losses in the bubbles. They played hard. I was seeing teams like the Lakers. And like the Bucks and the Clippers, who lost in the bubble, but they deserved those losses because they didn't play hard. They did not play hard. Uh, but I've seen the Heat and I've seen the Rockets. Like every game they played, even the game the Heat played against the Pacers, the final game of the uh, of the bubble season, and it didn't really count for anything but the four and five seed. But they knew they were playing each other, so no one, no big stars played, but their role players still played and played hard. That's all I'm saying. Like, I see this Heat team 
playing hard, making big shots. Big shots. Duncan Robinson cannot miss shots. He's he is quickly becoming one of my favorite players to watch, matter of fact. Uh, because this guy from Michigan is says he's just hitting number net every time he shoots that thing and he shoots it contested, he shoots it off screens, and it's all going in. Now it's not from Damon Little Time Zone, but he's still hitting these threes. All these all these guys have a great story. All these teams, there's a great story with pretty much every team. The Nuggets have a great young nucleus. The Utah Jazz, uh, with, with no uh, Bogdanovich, Michael Conley's coming back, probably for game three. But, nice story. But no one's saying anything about the Miami Heat. But I've been watching. I've been watching. I think the Heat will make it to the NBA Finals and call me crazy. But a lady named Courtney Thomas had me think about that about two weeks ago. And I sat there and I thought about it. I said, you know what? She ain't lying. This Heat team looks good. They look good. And they better, the, the Bucks better get on their swag right now. It starts now. I haven't watched a single clip of the game yet. I know the game's been going on. But if the Bucks don't get their stuff together against this Madden squad, they are going home in that second round. They're going home. And then a lot more questions. Because that Bucks team, they have a lot of guys who might not be there. Outside of Giannis, who could be a free agent next year if he wants to. And outside of Eric Bressel, who just signed a four-year, $70 million deal last year, those two guys are still there. Everybody else could be packing up and saying deuces. Uh, first of all, we don't like Milwaukee anyway. They ain't nothing out here in Wisconsin. <laughs> but but so they better get their thing together because if they do roll up and, and beat the Magic just because they have more talent than the Magic and face a Miami, a Miami Heat squad, Miami's going to blow them out the water. They will blow them out the water. And I'll be watching that all day, all night. Crazy. The Miami Heat versus the Houston Rockets is my pick. I hope you guys uh, uh, don't give me too much flack for that. But we're coming right back. I got another rant. Uh, and it's on baseball. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second, man. So this is Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Clayton. And don't forget to check out Uneducated Sports Talk on YouTube. Please like and subscribe, share and comment, and click the notification bell for more content on Uneducated Sports Talk. Uh, and uh, check me out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and App Podcasts for Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast every single Thursday. We'll be right back. Talk a little baseball. What's up, guys? I'm Dallas. And I'm Joel. And we are the founders of the IQ Sports Network and co-host of Pro Football IQ, the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. And as podcasters, we're like you. We love listening to podcasts. And I like to tune in to my main man, Carlos, and listen to what he's got to say on all things current and past sports. So if you're looking to get some unbiased sports opinions on everything happening in sports right now, tune in to Uneducated Sports Talk with Carlos and crew. You don't want to miss a single episode, so make sure to like and subscribe every single week so that you can stay up to date with everything happening right now in sports. Welcome back, sports fans, UST Nation across the world. What's happening? We just broke down NBA playoff talk. I gave you my finals pick, my early finals pick. I could be dead wrong, but right now I feel so serious about the Miami Heat versus the Houston Rockets in the NBA Finals. I feel so serious about that right now. I don't know why. I thank my homegirl, Courtney Thomas, for putting me on the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, I was going that way anyways, but she put the nail in the coffin, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got to go with them. But anyways, I want to talk a little baseball. 
Shout out to baseball, first of all, for going through the controversy with the COVID-19 and guys getting, you know, tested and testing positive for it and they got to go this way and that way, but they never gave up. They could have easily shut the season down and say, you know what? It just isn't for us. There's no bubble. You know, yada, yada, yada. And everything is so good. And here's the one neck I've always had about baseball, though. Baseball does not treat their superstars like superstars. And what I mean that is they don't advertise the game as much as they should. You see the little young black kids, you know, none of them are interested in baseball because there's no advertisement for baseball. Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player of our generation. And if you, if you go down my block, and yes, I live in a black neighborhood. And if you go down my block and you ask uh, 20 kids from ages, I'm going to go ahead and say 15 and under. And you say out of those 20 kids, who knows Mike Trout? I guarantee you, maybe at the most, at the most. One kid is going to know, at the most, one child is going to know. Baseball has the audacity to think that you can just automatically grow up and love playing baseball. It doesn't happen like that. This isn't 1960 or the 70s where, where it was that big. But now it's just like the stars aren't even stars. They're stars in the game of baseball. And because I'm a big sports guy, I watch baseball all the time. If I told these kids... The same 20 kids, who's Aaron Judge? I might get one person. It's probably the same person who Mike Trout is. And if I get these same 20 kids and I tell them, do you know about Fernando Tatis Jr.? And I guarantee you everything, nobody's going to know who this guy is. And that's sad because he is the next big star of Major League Baseball. The next Big star of Major League Baseball. We've had this great season so far with a few hiccups, but it's still going on. It's still coasting. And then we have these so-called unwritten rules of baseball that hammers down the reason why these young black kids or these young kids in America, I don't care black, white, they're just not interested in baseball. Let's be honest. The Venezuelan kids. The Hispanic kids, they play baseball because they know that that's, that's their go-to ticket to get out of their country. We understand that. So they're going to be in baseball and checking it out. But kids in America, white, black, green, blue, they're not interested in baseball. Not at all. You have to really, really force them because no one's talking about it. No one's saying anything. And then when you finally get a superstar in the making, and his name is Fernando Tatis Jr., he is... Uh, um, uh, outfielder, I'm mean, infielder for the San Diego Padres. The up and coming greatness of this guy that no one knows about, and the reason why he made headline news is because of baseball's unwritten rule. Check this out: the score is ten to three. Right? It is ten to three. The Padres are winning ten to three in the eighth inning. The bases are loaded. The bases are loaded, and look who's up to bat. The bases are loaded, and look who's up to bat. Yeah, up to bat is Fernando Tatis Jr. Mind you, in this same game, he has already hit a home run, right? He's hit a home run already in this game. And when you go to the plate, you go to the plate, and you selfishly think, 
I'm going to get mine. In baseball, you have to think like that in order for team success. That is the only sport where you have to get your stats. You know, have to have that mindset for your team to be great. No, that's like the only sport. <clears throat> I mean, Michael Jordan go out there and say, I'm getting me 64 today. I'm getting greatness. We saw in Donovan Mitchell, 57 points. A loss. <laughs> you know, that's greatness, but with a loss. But in, 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 the, NBA, in the MLB, you can be selfish for team success. I'm going to hit this home run. I'm going to get this single. I'm going to get on base. 10-3. And I believe it was the top, yeah, the top of the eighth inning. Bases are loaded. <laughs> and check this out. Fernando Tatis, he's up the bat. Ball one. Ball two. And ball three. Right? Am I right? I'm right. Yes. Three and those account. Now, the, un the unwritten rule is, if we're up by seven runs already, it's ten to three, which means we're dominating in the eighth inning and we're going to win this game most likely. Well, when there's a strike, a three and O ball, and there's a strike, you have to take the strike. You can't swing at it. That's the unwritten rule. And I am flabbergasted that these unwritten rules are still there. These are the rules that will make my kids or you know, my fellow young American kids not want to play this game. You mean to tell me it was 3-0 and and I know a strike is coming and I know it 100% and I still can't swing at it because that's for the greater good of the game? Do you know how many times I've seen a 7-run, a 8-run, a 9-run lead evaporate in one inning? I don't give a damn about that unwritten rule. That is, that is, a, that is a crap rule. So Fernando Tatis is thinking like me. I don't give a damn about that rule. 3-0 and and a fastball, it's not really right down the middle either. It's, like, it's going to be a strike, but it's not right down the middle where he just, you know, two-pieced it. No. It's right on the edge of the strike zone, and he slaps that thing grand slam. And he's running around the bases, and he's having fun with his friend. He hit a grand slam. Now, mind you, this guy is an up-and-coming superstar. His name is Fernando Tatis Jr. He is a crazy maniac on the base. He gets on base every game. He steals a bunch of uh, bases. He is just that good. He is that good. And he quickly become my favorite player. And this guy gets scrutinized for hitting a grand slam. And you wonder why kids of America aren't really buying playing baseball. They'd rather play football and basketball because those two sports, they sponsor. They sponsor their stars. They love their stars being great. Here's LeBron James. He's a great. You know what I'm saying? Here's Aaron Judge. Here's Mike Trout. They're great, but we don't want you guys to find out about them. Oh, he, here's Pat Mahomes. He is great. Look at him. Look at him. That's what the NFL does. Look at him. Here's our, our baby, our little precious baby, Pat Mahomes. We, we call him Pat for short. It's Patrick, you know. But baseball, like, yeah, he's our baby, but, you know, and, and throw him behind a, a, in a trash can. I mean, he's really good at what he does, but we don't want to let you guys know. How about you guys come find out for yourself? No, show him off. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a golden boy for this. He, he, he's, he's not, he's from, he's, he has, um, I think he's Venezuelan or something like that. But he has swag. He has swag. That golden rule is a piece of crap. 
Because now it's three. If, if I let that strike go, it is it makes your chances of striking me out or getting me out greater. And as a baseball player who wants to beat that opposing pitcher, I'm hitting that ball three overs right down the middle. I don't give a damn. I don't care if we're up by 12. I don't care if we're up by 20. I am going, if you throw it, I'm going to hit it. But no, the unwritten rule. And they have a bunch of these unwritten rules all the time. And it's so sad because the next batter that comes to bat, guess what happens? The pitcher throws at him and barely misses him. He goes behind his back. But intentionally trying to hit the man. I don't get that. Even Fernando Tatis Jr.'s own, his own skipper, his own manager, said it was a bad thing for him to do that. Why is that bad? I don't get it. And that scares people like me who don't really now see this bad stuff. And instead of me talking about all this positive that's going on in the world with baseball and how to bring it back, I'm ranting about an unwritten rule. Mind you, it is not a rule. It is an unwritten rule. It's a rule, but it's not written in a rule book. That's what it means. I, I'm fed up with, with these unwritten rules for baseball. This is that's father time rules. We don't give a damn about that now. Let the kids play. Wasn't that a slogan just a year ago or two years ago? Let the kids play. Let the kids play. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a great, he's going to be a great star for this league for years to come. And he was basically forced to do uh, an apology for hitting, for hitting a grand slam. Why do you have to apologize for hitting a grand slam? That should be embraced. So instead of this moment where we're like, man, the guy had like seven RBIs in the game and two stolen bases and he is just that damn good. We're talking about an unwritten rule, which makes him not that good. That pisses me off to high heavens. And look, you're trying to get me out. I'm trying to not get out. That is the name of the game. If I allow you to give me this strike on a 3-0 pitch and I just allow it to happen, you're just two more strikes away from getting me out. And let's be honest, baseball, it is an individual sport for team success. I'm trying to get mines so that my team can be assured to win. With that grand slam, it made it damn near impossible for a comeback. But I have seen a team come back from 11 runs down. I've seen a team come back from 7 runs down. This same Padres team last year blew a 9-run lead and a 7-run lead last season and lost those games. You feel me? It's 10-3, a seven-run lead, and we have been accustomed to losing these kind of leads. How about I add on to that lead? Now we're up by 11. Instead of being praised for the greatness that he's shown so far over last year and this year, he's being ridiculed by these old heads, by these baseball players who are brainwashed about the 1950s and 60s and 70s. You're brainwashed about unwritten rules. That is, I'm glad he hit the home run, and I promise you, I'm not promising you, but I'm hoping on everything I love that if the same scenario comes up, he takes full advantage and he hits another home run. I'm hoping that. That will put him in the GOAT action. GOAT action for me. So, look, baseball is already a, a, a sport that's sort of boring. It's fun when you go to the to the uh, parks. I've been to Chicago. Um, I've been to uh, White Sox games and Astros games. and uh, I, I've done that. And it's, it's much more fun at the ballpark. But when you see it on TV, it's not fun. So when you see a guy hit a grand slam and he's walking the bases and his own manager is like pissed off at him. Why would you hit that home run, sir? Why would you do that to our team? 
Why would you do that to our organization? First of all, San Diego's been trash forever now. Uh, they went to the World Series, I think, in 04, and, and that's about it. Something like that. But they've been trash. No. When you, when you put an unwritten rule above a superstar, that's where I put the bottom line of how much I dislike Major League Baseball when it comes down to that kind of rule. So, I, I hope that when it happens again, that everyone takes it with a grain of salt and applaud the man. Because now I can tell my kids, if that, if that success with Fernando Tatis Jr. happens, and now if baseball praises their athletes, their superstars more, like a Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., guys like that, then maybe I can go on that block again and, and, and pick out 20 guys on my street and say, who is Fernando Tatis Jr.? Everybody raise their hands. That is my dream for baseball. All these cats in my block, these little black and brown children, once they know about baseball players, now baseball has something going on. But as of right now, they don't even know who Mike Trout is. And he is arguably the greatest baseball player on the planet. Not even arguably. He is the greatest baseball player on the planet. And nobody knows him. But if I go there and say who Pat Mahomes is, they're all going to raise their hands. If I tell them, hey, who's LeBron James? Oh, we all know LeBron James. Because these athletes are being sponsored by their own sport. Baseball doesn't do it. And that might be the reason why baseball will never, ever, ever be above basketball and football. This is Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Clayton. Check out Uneducated Sports Talk on YouTube. Uh, I try to do a show per day. Check that out on YouTube, man. Please go on my channel and like and subscribe to Uneducated Sports Talk and click the notification bell for more content and information on Uneducated Sports Talk. And also, uh, check out this podcast every single Thursday. And if you don't see it on Facebook Live, check it out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I had a great time talking baseball and uh, basketball. And I'm getting ready to go ahead and get ready for this Blazers and Lakers game, uh, game too. So, that being said, I'll be back next Thursday to do Uneducated Sports Talk podcast. Until then, check me out on Uneducated Sports Talk. I'm your host, Carlos Clayton. As always, sports fans, you guys know what time it is. Stay smart and stay uneducated. Peace. Hi, this is Angie Ray from Angie Productions, and you are listening to the Uneducated Sports Talk with Carlos.